I mentioned earlier that um, uh, tonight is my mother's first yard site, and I want to thank those who've been acknowledging that, and we will dedicate... Um, Rabbi, and by the way, Rabbi Yudin is live today from Israel, makes it extra special. And uh, we will dedicate his words of Torah this morning, Le'ilu Nishmas, Esther Bas Rabbi Yosef Halevi, Esther Bas Rabbi Yosef Halevi. And uh, as we remember, Mrs. Esther Siegel, my dear mother. Uh, this time each and every uh, Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Today, Rabbi Yudin speaks to us from the Holy Land. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning to you. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. For me, it's in the afternoon, 20 minutes after 3, and I can only tell you one thing. The excitement of speaking to you on an Arab Shabbos what is the idea behind that? I always tell you, back in the States and everywhere else, we have Shabbos, but we don't have the Erev Shabbos. We don't, we don't have the atmosphere and the appreciation of that Shabbos is coming. What can I compare it to? I'll compare it to January 1st, when you'll get up to take your children to Yeshiva, or you'll go out and there's absolute quiet in the streets. That's the way it is in Israel after 2 o'clock, after 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You can feel Shabbos coming. I'll give you another example. The Talmud is always giving rich uh, metaphors. So what is the time to light candles, Hanukkah candles? The Talmud tells us it's the time of when people are no longer walking in the streets. Who were the last ones to leave the streets? In those days, it was the wood uh, sellers, those who sold wood for people to light their fires. When they were gone, no one's on the street. The last ones on the street in Israel on Friday afternoon are the flower vendors, those people selling flowers. It's so special to appreciate the era of Shabbos. I'll begin by, as well, dedicating the Dvar Torah today, Zecher Nishmas, Esther Bas, Rabbi Yosef HaLevi. I remember fondly Mrs. Esther Siegel, and if I can say with pride, I know she was uh, an ardent listener of my Dvar Torah, and I appreciate the friendship that I had with her for many years. Parshas Ekev. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Ekev. According to the Chinuch, there are eight mitzvot in the Parsha, six positive and two restrictions. Among the six positives, according to the Chinuch, is one, the mitzvah to pray, oso sa'avo, to pray once a day. He follows the opinion of the Rambam Maimonides, as well as the mitzvah of Perkas HaMazon, the recitation of Grace After Meals, which we'll talk about, please God, in a moment. I want to begin, however, with the end of the parsha. Easy to remember. It's chapter 11, verse 12. Bring the chumash to your table tonight. 11, 12. And what does the Torah say? How special is the land of Israel? Eretz, a land. Asher Hashem Doresh Osa. The land that God cares about. Tamid, constantly. Enei Hashem are the eyes of God upon it. 
from the beginning of the year, till the end of the year. I want you to know that just as God is watching all the time, I want to tell everybody, come, come and feel safe. Approximately a million visitors come every year to the old city of Yerushalayim. The old city is 1.2 square miles. There are approximately 35,000 residents, of which yet and today only 4,000 are Jewish. But I'm going to tell you the following. There are 600 policemen on foot all the time, and there is a system called Mabat 2000. It's a high-tech observation system with 36 high-tech screens going 24-7, receiving images from 320 closed-circuit TVs at nine entrances of Yerushalayim from the four quarters, and I can, and this is manned by 12 officers 24-7. This has led Bli Ayin Harat to the reduction of terror in the old city, and you should know that this is so effective that police from all over the world come and visit this system to learn from us. I really believe this is another fulfillment of the 611th mitzvah of the Olachto Bidrachov, literally walking in God's ways, that just as his eyes are on Israel all the time, so too are ours. I say to everybody once again, come, come home, and it's safe to come to Eretz Yisrael. Now let's take a peek at the mitzvah of Pirkas HaMazon. I tell you every year how important this is. Your lunch tomorrow on Shabbos could take an hour sometimes two hours, and how delicious is the lunch? And I ask you, how long does the Birkas HaMazon take? And is that really delicious, your recitation of the Birkas HaMazon? I'm going to begin with a story. It's a little bit of an ouch of a story, because it starts with the following. The Shulchan Aruch tells us in chapter 184, paragraph 4, if a person ate the Eno Yodea and he's not sure in Beirach Birkas Hamazon, he's not sure, oh, yeah, yeah, did I recite the Birkas Hamazon? Did I not recite the Birkas Hamazon? Doesn't say very much for his benching. So, what is the law? Tzorach Levorech. You have to say it again, Misafek, from doubt. Why? Because it's a biblical law, and on a doubt, on a biblical law, we go Lechumra. We take the stringent opinion, and you'd have to do it again. Now listen to this story about Chassam Sofer, Zechat Tzadik Levracha. Now this great rabbi, every morning, would get up, pray, and then give a shir, a lecture, to his students. And then after that, he would go into his office, and he would address the correspondence that he received from Jews all over the world who were asking questions of Jewish law, of Jewish philosophy, etc. And in the middle, or towards the end, he would take a, a uga, a, let's say a, a Danish, and that would be his breakfast, that and a cup of tea. Now, listen to this. One day, the attendant who was uh, with him and trying to help him, whatever he needed, eyed the Danish, 
and said to himself, my goodness, the rabbi is so engrossed in his Torah, he'll never miss it. And he went out, took the Danish, and ate it. When he finished his correspondence, the rabbi asked, where's the Danish? The young man panicked, and he said with a straight face, the rabbi must have forgotten, but he ate it. The rabbi didn't blink. He said, I'm not sure if I ate it or not, but I'm sure I did not recite the blessing. We learn from this story what a tzaddik, what a righteous man, that when they recite a blessing, they know it. And we have to learn from this as well, to be a lot more careful. Just say it a little slower. Try to understand what you're saying. Because after all, what we're saying is nothing less than thank you to Hashem, A, for the food. And once we're saying thank you to Hashem for the food, listen carefully, the Jew cannot stop there. He's on a roll. He's on a high. Once he's saying thank you, he continues. And he says, thank you, Hashem, the second blessing for the land. Now, what is the land of Israel? You're being a, quote, Zionist. What does the land of Israel have to do with the tuna sandwich that you ate yesterday for lunch or with tonight's dinner that you're going to have? And tonight you must have bread. You can be on a diet all week, but tonight and Shabbos lunch, and even for Shalosh Sudos, the third meal, most preferable to wash and have bread. If you're going to have bread, you have to bench. Once you're having the bread, why are you thanking God for the land of Israel? So I can tell you a delicious Ramban. The Ramban on 11.12, which I cited earlier, and Rashi alludes to this, is telling us a very powerful idea. We think that the sustenance that we have wherever we are, is coming from wherever we are. Namely, America grows so much, and the produce that we have, it's all we know, no, no. There's blessing that's out there in the world. And God extends his blessing to Eretz Yisrael, to the beloved land of Israel. And once he's sending the blessing there, it goes out to all other places. And that might very well be the reason why we thank Hashem after we've eaten wherever we are in the world for the land of Israel. But it's that appreciation and the recognition that it's a gift. And the more you appreciate a gift, the more the donor is happy to give it to you. And, oh yeah, yeah, it was just, what? A little bit more, it was almost two weeks ago, that we sat down on the floor on a Sunday for Tisha B'Av. And come on, what happened? The Talmud tells us, why did we lose the land? Because we didn't appreciate it. Lo They studied Torah, but they didn't appreciate Torah. They didn't realize that Torah was nothing less than a gift of God to man a gift of God to the Jewish people. And that as well is included in the second blessing of the Birkas HaMazon. And the more that we appreciate, commensurate with the amount of our appreciation, is His giving it to us a very powerful idea. The third blessing of the Birkas HaMazon deals with Jerusalem, deals with the Jewish monarchy that we are yet to have. 
the concept that if you think about it, in your Birkas HaMazon, find me the word Moshiach. And the answer is that word exactly is not there, but we pray in the third blessing for our Malchus, Literally, we pray for the restoration of kingship from the family of David. And it is going to come, and there's no question about it. But being in Israel certainly helps one feel that the prophecies of redemption, which the prophets have assured us is going to happen, the concept of kibbutz golios, I was privileged that when I came this past Wednesday afternoon, I landed approximately 5 o'clock. By the time I got out of the airport on the way back to Beit Shemesh, it wasn't time to make it to Beit Shemesh for Mincha. So we pulled off into a little moshav called Nachum. And listen carefully, Nachum. <laughs> listen carefully. Where's the Beit Knesset? And we drove up and we found a little Beit Knesset. I would say the size was approximately 40 long, 30 wide, and in it was a gathering of Jews, literally from all over the world. I had to hold back tears, because I felt not just so special, but I felt that I'm in a special place, that this is it. We are living history, and when we recite Pirkas HaMazon, don't just say it by heart. Don't just say it glibly. Say, Hashem, thank you for the very special gift that we are privileged to have in our days. Our grandparents could only dream of this. And we have the privilege of nothing less experiencing this firsthand. And therefore, as we recite that third blessing, keep in mind the current destiny. And finally, the fourth bracha, which was instituted by the rabbis, which you'll ask yourself, oh my goodness, what does the burial of the dead of Betar have to do with the challah that we're going to eat tonight? And the answer, my friends, is as follows. A miracle happened. Betar, the city, the Bar Kokhba, tried to use as in his rebellion against the Romans. Betar fell. Thousands and thousands of Jews were murdered and their bodies were left for over two years and they were not buried. And a miracle occurred. And these bodies did not decay. And what do the rabbis say? This is to teach us that not only when we have a temple is God watching over us, but he is indeed watching over us all the time, even in our exile. You've got to feel nothing less than six feet tall when and if you recite the Birkas HaMazon properly. And finally, I wish to conclude with one more law. If you go to chapter 183, in the Shulchan Aruch, and it's paragraph 8. It says, can you greet somebody? Your father comes in. Your teacher comes in. Are you allowed to greet them while you're in the middle of the Berkas HaMazon? You're in the paragraphs. 
Baruch Atah Hashem, Hazon Esakol, could you say Shalom to my father, my teacher? And the answer is no, because, says the Shulchan Aruch, it's to be treated just like Shemona Esrei. Keep that in mind, because Hamazon is one of the very few biblical prayer that we have. And therefore, if your phone is vibrating, don't hand it to somebody during your Bikas Amazon and tell them to answer on your behalf. Don't motion to somebody. Is so-and-so here? Is they not here? Etc. You're going to shake your head one way or the other. Would you do that in the middle of Shmona Esrei? And if the answer hopefully is no, then I do hope and pray that as a result of this Torah, in memory of Mrs. Esther Siegel, that your appreciation and reverence for Birkat HaMazon is going to be enhanced. I pray that, as I wish each and every one of you a sweet and special Shabbos, that we appreciate Eretz Hasher Hashem Doresh Osa, how this land is one that God cares about, and as we began, as he cares about it, so too must we. Shabbat Shalom to all.